2: It's an S-Pod thing, the podcast revisiting S Club 7's insane TV show. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone's binge-watched this, anyone who's not on drugs. <laughs> Thank you for bringing this into my life. Uh, it was honestly <laughs> truly appalling. Guests helped me analyse the show in more detail than anyone ever
3: asked for. It feels weird to me to say the phrase sex object in a show that <laughs> was aimed at six-year-olds. Do you
4: think, do you think one of the problems with this show is that seven is too much?
2: It's an S-Pod thing from Great Big Owl.
5: Hello, I'm John Holmes. It's the The One Show Show, the show that follows television around with a small bag, picking up its shit and putting it in the metaphorical podcast bin. For clarity, I'm talking about The One Show, what with it being shit. This is part two, so as always, if you'd like to go back and listen to part one first in order for any of this to make any sense whatsoever, then now would be the time. Joining me this week to go through The One Show like a virus are Mark Haynes and John Long. Well we should talk about the second episode as well then because there was a le- there was a, we were we were in safer hands I'd say presenting wise weren't we? we 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 were with uh, your favorite
1: Gethin no, Jones Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and uh, Alex Scott but I mean there was Alex there Scott, was yeah. a very much a, a difference in when you watch it you suddenly go well this is going to be less fun because they are you know reliable I mean, they
4: you know. are, yeah, and but they again have like that hollow. They had a bit of banter at one point where I realised it has the tone of banter. But if you actually wrote down, <laughs> like, like they showed a clip, they were getting ready to show um and Brulia, and so yeah. they showed a clip of her on Neighbours, and Alex just went. I remember that, and then Gethin went. Oh, I'm sure you do, and then they all laughed like that was a joke.
1: She started out as an actor on Neighbours when she was just 16. issues with Brad? <laughs>
4: I remember that. Of
1: course, you remember <laughs>
4: that. Where's the joke? What does that mean? It's so weird. I had to rewind and go. Was he was he insinuating
5: like, yeah, you're old? I can't work out what he was trying to. What the joke? Was. No, they're just saying words for the sake of it, aren't they? It's live television, and so it's just just say words, say things. They might not make sense, it might not follow on from what happened before, but if we say words, it'll be over soon. And then
4: actually when the guy, I can't remember his name now, maybe Greg James, is it the radio guy? Yeah. Yeah. When he comes in, because he's actually the opposite, he's used to radio where you have to feel a lot, and Mm. so actually he's quite good in a a pinch. He was. He makes just a couple of jokes, and because they're actual jokes... He's tearing the roof off the place.
1: <laughs> and there he is, Radio <laughs> 1's Greg James. Hey,
4: Greg. Yeah. Hi, guys. Yeah, oh. that's me on my way to my first ever Natalie Brulia concert. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, hey, I thought I'd draw
4: you with the England hat. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you, can get, you can flop the hair around to Torn all you like, can't you? That's the thing.
4: You can, she's a certified pop legend. So, um, because of COVID we've been kept apart it's not any for any other weird reason but it's nice to see you from a Hi, <laughs>
2: I'm giving you a hug I
4: have watch you on telly it's a great show guys keep it up it's making me think the one show
1: would be a great gig as a comedian because yeah. you'd go yeah. in and everyone would be like oh my god this guy's saying actual jokes I, but sometimes they don't like that and they do slightly kill the atmosphere when people are having fun they, they sort of go this is not the time or place to be entertaining <laughs> oh actually That's you're the... true didn't you mention didn't you mention earlier when Richard Osmond tried to deviate from the script Jermaine yeah. was like hang on we, yeah they, just yeah. that mate <laughs> they do not like it because I suppose it's what you were talking about John which is the fact that it is so regimented with content that you just have to get through it there is no yeah. time to start messing about uh, doing wheelies showing off no spare seconds grandstanding yeah. right. no they, they <laughs> just want you to get through to the end so they can stop that's yeah. all it is yeah. um, I mean this was by anyone's standards one of the most uneventful episodes I think that's ever been on in its history two great big huge important shows in one show history and that this was as boring a show as they've ever put on uh, yeah. really I mean you know you know Natalie and Bruley is hardly going to set the place on fire no but especially when she's talking about new music she's got coming out no. then there was a section uh, you know obviously that was celebrating someone who did good deeds there was a chat about a podcast no one wants to hear about podcasts. <laughs> no, nobody wants to. The good deed
4: was really underwhelming as well because they made a big fuss of it, and then at the end, it was a curry. They just took them out for a meal. Uh, uh, just...
1: This is this was absolutely staggering. The wasn't worst it? booked basic open goal that, that you knew was coming up, yeah. and uh, you knew what the end was going to be, and somehow the one show didn't see it
4: coming up. Jamie Oliver hiding inside a pizza box. Say what? Confused? Yes, we
0: are, but so were Tina and Aki from Leeds. But it's all part of this week's one big Thank you, which we'll be finding out a little later on. How we and Jamie surprised this amazing couple who have
4: been working tirelessly to help local homeless people.
1: And some heroes for sure. So, this section was a guy, they, they were called Aki and Tina, a yeah. lovely couple who had worked really, really hard to feed hungry people over the last couple of years. They uh, seemed absolutely delightful, their kids really liked them, and they just seemed ace. They seemed really, really nice. Yeah. So, this was a section called One Big Thank You. And it had Jamie Oliver. And they kept on going back to Jamie Oliver in the studio and going, up. Oh, Jamie, coming up now. There was a bit in the film where it cut back to the studio. And it cut back to show Jamie Oliver sitting there really smugly smiling and laughing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, here we go. We've sent round our one-show pizza man, but that's no ordinary takeaway he's delivering. He's kicking off a special surprise.
4: Oh, someone's on the door. <laughs>
1: The obvious thing was, by having Jamie in the studio, by having, you know, Jamie on the video, it was so obvious that he was going to be involved in it. And he yeah. wasn't. It was just <laughs> a pizza delivery and it, guy. And was... Hello, Tina and Aki. Yes. I brought you a little tasty something. This pizza guy turns up at the door to deliver an iPad, which has got a thank you message. Whatever they're
4: expecting, it isn't this. Hi, Tina.
1: Hi, Aki. Jamie Oliver here. Okay, so I'm here on behalf of The One Show to say one big thank you. Um, Other celebrities, including Jermaine Janice off The One Show.
5: (laughs) It's Jermaine here from The One Show. We've heard all about the great things that you've been doing, cooking for your community, and we wanted to say a massive one big thank you for your efforts.
1: Yeah, and as you say, the hairy bikers. He sort of filmed it in a hotel like they've... Like they've finally consummated their hairy relationship. (laughs) Yeah, their wives have kicked them out. (laughs) so They're they're
4: staying in a travel lodge. And then he said, but go to the end of your drive. And they were like, oh, here's... Oh, it's Jamie Oliver. It's Jamie Oliver.
1: All the hairy bikers, they're at the end of the drive. So if you'd like to walk to the end of your drive, there's a few people there that you might recognise.
4: And you can see them trying to pick out Jamie Oliver out of their group of mates, and he's (laughs) not there. But Tina and Aki's final treat is still to come.
1: I have one more surprise. We've heard that you both love a curry. Who doesn't, right? So we've arranged for a meal at one of your favourite restaurants. So there's a car waiting for you to whisk you away, to fill your boots and have a wonderful night and enjoy. Lots of love. Also,
4: they don't show the curry, because my girlfriend was watching with me and she's from that part of the world. She was like leads in Bradford Way and she was like, oh, is it Akbars? That was a really good one. And, and then they didn't show actually where they took them, they just <laughs> took them there. And then that whole meal I like to watch that meal because I bet the whole meal they were just waiting oh, when's he going to come
1: out of the <laughs> yeah. kitchen he, he's going to be there isn't it and they're going to say and it was Jamie who cooked it that what they
5: clearly said was look we've got this great idea because of this brilliant couple who've been doing the food and Jamie Oliver uh, what we'll do is go Jamie let's go and surprise them I'm not blaming the one show for this I'm blaming the fat tongued chef right they obviously went Jamie let's take you to Leeds and you can be the pizza delivery guy and it'd be an amazing and he just went fuck off I'll film something at best. That's got to be what happened. Cause there was no, just the effort they'd gone to with, for nothing. Was ridiculous. They'd even got a lorry with a screen on it showing the clip of Jermaine Jenner
1: saying, Well there done. There was to lots them. It. of expenditure that could have gone into the, this couple's great donations and charitable work. And instead, we did something that they didn't get anything out of it, yeah. other than, you know, the one show got to say, Aren't we great? I mean, it was just the, the, the funny thing as well is when they had all their friends and neighbours, so they went to the end of their drive and, oh, someone's got to drive, someone's doing all right. <laughs> 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 they, they showed them all waiting on this sort of like waste ground area, you know, (laughs) playground bit but there was one tree and uh, half of the people had sort of like hidden behind this thin <laughs> tree, like they were waiting in surprise. It, 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 the actual visual of that really made me laugh. A but, surprise party is definitely an all-or-nothing thing. Half of you can't commit, and <laughs> while the other half stand. The, the, th- the tree was so thin; Like, yeah. not one person could have hid behind it. But they made the decision not to stand in front of it, it would which be is funny. they did it in a big long line, yeah. like a hundred meter line. then all in the, a single the, pile. the Jamie Oliver thing—I I just I can't understand why he was there. In, in that, any capacity, he didn't need that, to be yeah. on this show. Now, I might even make this the um, the cover of the podcast this week, but um, I, I live not far from Jamie Oliver, and w- between our houses, and it makes it sound like when I say between our houses... that no, s-
5: living near Jamie Oliver, someone's doing all right. <laughs> I,
1: I haven't got a drive. Um, I, when I come out of my house every day, there's dog shit out there. There's somebody who just puts dog shit out there. Probably Jamie Oliver. Jamie Oliver, but, yeah. But between our, between our houses, so there's a square... And in the square, there's a public toilet, and it's a good public toilet. This one. It's not for your doggers. It's for elderly people who live in a quite a rarefied neighbourhood, and it's very well maintained. And on one of the wall, on uh, one of the windows, someone has written in like a sort of chalk. They've written, "Jamie Oliver is a cunt," right? <laughs> and it points in the direction of his house. So every time he crosses the square, if he glanced to his left, he'd see it, and it's in a chalky thing but weirdly it's been there all summer and it, no one's taken it off no one's addressed it and I, I saw it today and I thought <laughs> that is brilliant anyway I, I, it's been there long enough now that I think I can apply for it to be listed yeah. <laughs> Like with the banks here, they put some perspex over it. Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) great. Inviting him down
5: to see if he wants to unveil it now. Well, he wouldn't. He'd just just do a message on video, wouldn't he? (laughs) Yeah. And now, to open, we've got the Hairy Bikers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The fact that you couldn't even get the Hairy Bikers to turn up. Oh, man yeah it was i i i I found it very sort of like this was a bad show with the film was about solihull's driverless buses i like that bit i like that bit. and and then there was a big thing about recycling and what this one was 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 not like your idea john that they've gone through and gone let's hang this on back to the future and you know vintage that all works together this one was just chaos this it was just a bit, it's really, really like every now and then.
4: Do they have an episode where they get rid of the stuff that's been backed up for
1: a bit? Yeah, they I just can't exactly hang on it.
5: anything else. Yeah. yeah, and like the person outside Mark's door who did a shit. Um, it, it indeed, is basically they're back, It's backed up for a bit, and they've got to get rid of it <laughs> wherever they can. And that just happened to be at seven o'clock
3: <laughs> last night. Oh, I love it. Uh,
1: <laughs> that's the, the, oh. the whole driverless. Can we talk about, about the buses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
4: Buses have seen plenty of changes over the years, from trolley buses to double-deckers, even the bendy variety. But one thing that has always been considered essential is the driver.
1: It sounds really exciting, driverless cars. And they showed the buses, which have a pleasing sort of evil transformer look about them. They do. Yeah. They... Why don't they just look like normal buses? Why <laughs> have they made them weird? They put a sharp <laughs> bit on the front, yeah, as if to kind of go, "These are so safe that we can put something which, if we touch you, you'll die" on the front. <laughs> um, and but what it was was a thing where they were saying, "Well, of course, drivers have been replaced with safety operators, and the safety op- operator where he sits is in the driver's right. seat." <laughs> in- <laughs> of a steering wheel. <laughs> and there's two of them. Yeah.
4: The onboard computer is in control and the traditional bus driver has been replaced by a safety operator who must be on board in case anything goes wrong. And why What's are they still the wearing point? the uniform of a bus driver? Why do they always have to wear yeah. those cheap poly-like white ch-
1: sh- shirts yeah. that they get from Matalan? With with those um, uh, dark blue sort of bus drivers and prison wardens have yes. the same outfitters but slightly yeah. different shades. yeah.
5: Bad. But yeah, it was insane because you go right. Okay, so you're doing. You've got driverless buses, but you can't operate them without a driver. But the only difference is he can't touch the steering wheel because it's doing it's it's doing something. Its they said they were two hundred fifty thousand pounds each. I mean, I don't know what a, 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 a drivable bus costs, but it's you know cheaper presumably. So. You'd literally got a more expensive bus, but you still need one, if not two, people there to, just in case it ploughs into some pedestrians. I think the saving would be on the salary of all the staff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So
1: it was, presumably
4: so... those guys are getting paid to sit there and watch the steering wheel drive itself.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but what they said the point of this was they said that a lot of accidents occur on the road through human error.
4: People will be concerned about safety. So if an event did happen, where would the blame
3: lie? Do you think? A, a lot of accidents now uh, occur through human error. You know, we all make mistakes. Um, and therefore, the the more we can improve and make technology take over that role, the more we will reduce uh, the likelihood of, of accidents.
1: Yeah. And I was thinking, well, but the problem is, by, by having just a driverless bus, all the other vehicles are still That's driven true. by people. Again, and, it's and, like a surprise party. It's an all or nothing thing. <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> it is. If everything was driverless, you'd go, OK, so it works on a thing. But if one thing's driverless and everything else is still driven by error-ridden humans... You're still going to have as many accents, if not more. Yeah, people just sort of distracted by the massive transformer
5: coming at them down the road. Yeah,
1: <laughs> The absolute best line on the whole thing was a woman who, who said, I don't really want to go on it, I'm a bit nervous. And then they interviewed her afterwards and she said, yeah, it was it was quite boring. She said it was just like being on a bus. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. But, and do you remember what the question that elicited that answer was as well? No. Because that was my favourite one show question of the both episodes was the guy doing it who just said to her, so, when I said to you the steering wheel was moving on its own, how did that make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> when I said to you that the steering wheel is moving on its own, how did that make you feel? Up until that point, it did just feel a bit boring, to be honest, just <laughs> like being a on a bus. Yeah. Do, you remember, do you remember earlier, when we were in the bus, and I pointed at the wheel and said, that's doing it on its own? <laughs> how did you feel in that moment? <laughs> what you, and, then she just, and then she answered really honestly. She went, we're bored. Yeah. <laughs> I love that that's <laughs> my favorite part they, they
1: had tried to build up the whole <laughs> this is weird and unnatural, yeah they? in a way that everyone... everyone hadn't really conveyed at any point.
4: so apprehension about going on a driverless bus uh, I didn't think I would be, but I think I am a little bit now,
1: <laughs> a little bit surreal, um but you know this could be the
4: future, so let's see how it goes. I'm safe and confident enough to get on it, and then hopefully i'll be I'll be walking
3: off it as well.
1: Yeah. It reminded me of like when the Victorians were terrified about going on a you know four mile an hour steam train in case their intestines liquefied. <laughs> yeah. it
3: had that, that sort of sense
1: of going, you know. The, the thing is, if we'd never heard of driverless stuff before, that's one thing. But you know, it exists as as you know as technology, and certainly is you know in place around yeah. the world. Yeah. And yeah. it just seemed it seems funny when you get people on television who have to go. I must. I mustn't go. This is exciting. I must go. Well, this is weird and uncanny. <laughs> and then try and get everyone to agree with them.
5: In terms of one show, film fodder, you know, it ticked all the boxes. It was, you know, dull subject, thing that that, that doesn't tell a story. We all know about it anyway, and, and it's, it's in a region. You, you know, it, it, it had everything. <laughs>
4: Hello, Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Quickly, quickly, we haven't got long. Please listen to the all-new Angelus, Angelus Sandberg and podcast. podcast. It's a
2: funny
5: one. Oh, my God, it's hilarious. There's so much muck in it. natalie imbruglia who was on as as you said you know was talking about this the new music first album in 11 years or something because she'd got stage fright and writing fright or something um and i i you know i haven't closely i worked with natalie imbruglia once um and found her to be delightful but this was when she was still in neighbors okay she came over i used to work in theater right sort of when i was at uni or just graduating i worked doing sound in a theater and it was panto and she came over to star in the panto and she was in neighbors at at the time so I kind of you know I got to know quite well at that time and she was lovely but you know I haven't followed her career closely or anything you know I, so I didn't know stuff so there was a very weird moment when she said it turned out that she'd, she'd spoken about having IVF okay so she had quite a, a tough time conceiving and all the rest of it but and she's, she's now a mother Um but she, they were talking about that and she said in a very celebrity way uh, I put out a statement to protect my privacy
2: yeah and I think at the time I was just more thinking okay how do I play this I'll just put a statement out to kind of protect my privacy, you know. Like I'll I'll just say it, and then that'll be it. Yeah. And
5: you go, well, here's an idea. D- don't don't do that. Just don't do that. Don't put it on Instagram, which is what she did, I think. Um. And but it did work because, as I say, I had no idea she was going through the IVF stuff. So in many ways, fair play.
1: Oh, also, play I mean, they did yeah. mention it again on the one show, didn't they? They they obviously they brought that up. Yeah. and again, that you know, if you've released a statement saying I don't really want to talk about, talk about it, it, it. Don't then sort yeah. of go. So I hear you released a statement saying you didn't want to talk about this thing. Why don't you talk about it? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah,
4: it was weird, wasn't it? It was like I've written a statement about my privacy. And I've written on this t-shirts, which I'm going to fire out
1: this t-shirt cannon <laughs> into the stadium, <laughs> and uh, you can all read that and then just give him my space. Man, I mean credit to her as well. I mean, I think she seemed as embarrassed as anyone about having to sort of say there's new music out. A lot's changed in the world since COVID, and I'm not sure anyone's really ready for Natalie Bruglia's new music. <laughs> They played two songs.
4: Can, can either of you hum either of the songs they played? You. Uh, you. No. No. And I then Gethin, Gethin still... just was so up her arse, wasn't he? He, was, he clearly fancied her was just like, oh, yeah. we've, been, we've been singing
1: them all day in the studio. Yeah, that's, that's Bullshit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We've been singing it all day.
3: We've been still
1: enjoy listening to it as well. Well, what they should have, they missed a trick because, you know, they were talking
5: about her having babies and stuff, so I don't know why they didn't say, your song, Torn, did that remind you of anything when you gave birth? <laughs> 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 was, that, was that about
4: a piece wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but oh, I've man. got that word wrong probably <laughs> none, none of us know whether you have or not John no, like, we We're not, not medically done. trained yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, They mentioned that Greg James has got a new podcast out so. Now Greg has a podcast coming out on Monday yes. well, I'm very pleased to see they're covering podcasts now that's,
3: yeah. uh, John. Yeah. I,
1: I think you should uh, you should get your most offensive T-shirt out because maybe the
5: call will come in. Well, I'm hoping. You know, now they know what they are. What, it, it can only be a matter of time before we're invited on to talk about the One Show podcast. I don't
1: Please know. go on and and Can't act see. exactly like Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really well. unhelpful. Are we are we going to talk about buying horse boxes as our yes, new we- jobs? Oh. <laughs>
2: I'm a man that usually likes to keep myself very busy with work. One day I'm doing (laughs) stand-up. The next, I'm a DJ. But after a year and a half of cancelled gigs, I was racking my brains thinking about what else I could do to earn some money. It was time to get creative. Time to think outside of the box.
5: And to get inside... A horse box. I mean... <laughs> my first question is... Now, John, you're, you're a stand-up on the circuit, right? This, the presenter of this was introduced as a DJ and stand-up comedian. They even showed a clip of him doing some comedy. His name, I think, was Ryan Hand? Yes. D- 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 do you know him? Do we know who he is? Not a clue. No. Mm.
1: no.
4: Ryan Hand, sadly, is not... Re- I mean, now, stand-up can be a very regional thing, and there are definitely people who are really big in certain areas like sometimes you meet a guy and it turns out they've been selling out Liverpool Arena and they're really big in that area but they just don't gig down south um, mm. just from his he only showed about 10 seconds of his stand-up clip from, I knew yeah. from that that it's not the case with this guy so <laughs> yeah. he was one of those people that goes yeah my comedy career really took a hit when it was like Matt, don't blame Covid on what was already a failing comedy career Everywhere I went I kept
2: spotting boxes that had been converted into food trucks and coffee shops at the beach by the roadside in the park they've really taken off was this the answer to my cash flow quandaries
1: looking good well i mean but but i looked at that and i thought in some ways you know by buying a horse box and opening up a coffee stand i thought in a a way you're following exactly in the footsteps of jimmy Carr, who of course you know he opened up his key cutting cardboard box didn't he a couple of months ago and (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> he, he resolds shoes now doesn't he yeah exactly um... it did have a, a ring of this about going uh i've had to change because of covid to i have to get a job because i don't actually have a job yeah and, and there's no shame in that at all um but i didn't didn't like the whole sort of you know They they portrayed it as being a bit of a Sort of fun thing to do Is buy a horse box And then set up a business in the back of it Um, Coffee
5: Uh, Selling coffee out of a hole He's cutting the side of it
1: Yeah Yeah. I was most surprised in this And it was the one thing I was most surprised about During the two shows Is a horse box costs 800 quid and I th- seemed—I thought that was quite a good deal. So I haggled with a
2: local farmer and stumped up 800 quid of my
1: precious savings for a no-frills horse box. I didn't know how much they were, but I thought they might have been... Like much more expensive than that, and now all I can think about is buying horse boxes. Yeah, and when he said two hundred quid for a
4: day's work at the end, I did think,
1: hmm, okay. that is an unbelievable return. In one day, you've made back twenty five percent of your business premises. Yeah, yeah. I mean that yeah. is a, a bit of
5: a start. But I was also thinking when he was sort of saying, you know, and I worked as a comedian and a DJ, and I haven't really had any work for because of COVID for eighteen months and everything else. So what I've done is bought a horse box, cut a hole inside, painted it pink, and I'm selling coffee out of it. Uh, and that's my new job. And I was thinking, no, your new job is as they've just. Introduced you a presenter on the one show, isn't it? That's what yes, that's true. That's, that's literally what they said.
1: My favorite line that he said in this was he was sort of talking about the overheads and he said, Overheads like petrol, milk, and coffee beans have to be paid. Overheads like petrol, milk, and coffee beans have to be paid. And I thought, well, it shouldn't come as a surprise that you have to pay for milk and coffee beans when you're running <laughs> yeah. a coffee shop. <laughs> he Shocking said it like, to me, those know, didn't come with the horse box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This, this, we didn't know. factor it into our initial evaluation. Think, things that no one could have predicted, inc- inc- <laughs> included the fact that we had to buy some milk. The milk f- At one point he goes, there was also expensive. some forms. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes,
2: yes. And then there's all the paperwork, with insurances,
4: licences and permissions to be kept in order too. Oh,
1: oh man. He, breath-
4: he really breezes over He goes, I mean, there's also some forms and some permits. <laughs> yes. and, and, then, and then they just briefly show him moving a bit of paper around and then they cut straight back to a clip of
1: uh, him having a whale of a time in his uh, pink horse box. Those permits as well, you don't need, it's not like you're going to go, it took seven months for us to get the permit to yeah. set up a horse box in the park. I mean, right. it's, it was one thing. You basically send an email saying, can I put my horse box in the park? And the council write back and they say yes. That's yeah, between it. Between these hours. I,
5: I was I was distracted throughout the whole thing, right, because he did he did this, right, you know, he's a young guy, uh, younger, looking like guy, and he did. He set up this thing with his girlfriend helping him, who is, you know, younger-looking girlfriend. And they're, look, you know, they're a, they're a lovely white couple, aren't they? There, all looking a bit sort of, uh, you know, glamour good-looking and glamorous and young. And because of when we we're recording this and when it was on, all I was thinking of was that couple in America, where it appears that the um, the bloke has killed the girl, and left her in a national park, and now he's vanished. And all I was thinking, all I was thinking was, he's going to kill her in that horse park. <laughs>
3: She's going to die in that box. You know, I think it's fair
1: enough to have a pop at him for not realising he's going to have to pay for milk. But I don't think we can accuse him of being a murderer. In well, right. come on. That is an no. next logical progression. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. yeah. You know, you look desperate. How desperate do you have to be to buy a horse box? I, I want to buy another two horse boxes. Are yeah. you going to use them as coffins? That's, <laughs> that is none of your business. Here, Here's the £1,600. Give me, me horse. Give me my coffin boxes.
4: He, he was that kind of person that would drive my dad mad though because he's like because the reason I said oh definitely no he's not a comedian cause, because I know that because comedians all have imposter syndromes so what happens is at the beginning when you're naive you say I'm a mm. comedian when you've done four open mic gigs and then by the time you actually call yourself one by then you're like oh I sort of do comedy you know because mm. for some reason yeah. they're all modest or whatever or, or they're like Richard Osman they've got imposter syndrome yeah. whereas he, he's, he just strikes me as that guy who's like I was a DJ I was a this he sounds like someone who's a, a different thing every week and he's got a million like ideas, and my dad's like, "This is what's wrong with the. No one wants to just be in an office and do a. Job. It's a
5: career progression, you could see. It was like, well, before the pandemic, um you know, I was a comedian, and then I was a DJ, and now I'm a, a horse box coffee operator, and next I'm a
1: murderer. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, those are both jobs, DJ and stand up as well. That you don't actually have to make any money or do them well to claim that you are them you know you yes. every dj is a dj in waiting isn't it it's uh, just sort of well you know I've, I've done one gig i've got another one coming up you'd never do that about sort of going i work in you know the abattoir system and you go <laughs> do you do, so do you work every day and you go no i did one day about three months ago but i'm hoping to get some stuff when uh, covid clears you know you just say i'm unemployed a- again if you're a comedian and a dj is your job why are you running a coffee stall in the park you're you're you're, you're a coffee man now <laughs> That's yeah, what yeah. you are. You know. it. You're In many man. ways, Mark,
5: we're all coffee men.
1: <laughs> so long as I don't have to buy anything as expensive as milk, I'm happy for that <laughs> to be the case. And do you remember the guy who went, they interviewed people to sort of say,
4: well, and what do you think of the coffee? And obviously, at one point, they went, and would you believe this is his first day making coffee? Yeah. And one guy went, Oh, I'd never believe. It. Obviously, because he's on TV, so he thought I better pan it up. He went, "Oh, I never believe it." You wouldn't know he's never made a coffee before. Oh, That's perfect, you know. So yeah, yeah, very, very impressed. So- I'd never believe that was his first day making coffee. Unbelievable! <laughs> Such vacuous <laughs> TV. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I didn't even get on to why I'm so pissed off at JJ Chalmers because they brought him on to talk about recycling. Now JJ Chalmers, I love because as someone with a dodgy arm myself, hmm. uh, who hides it away because I'm embarrassed about it. I love that he doesn't give a shit. And I love that he holds up his arm that's got the damage to it and he's, mm. vo- and he's visible. I love all of that. But why the fuck was he brought in to talk about recycling? No idea. And he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And also, the fact he gave as why recycling is really important was such an underwhelming, stupid fact. that almost proved the opposite. It was like, again, if you say something that sounds like a fact, people will go, oh. Because he said, he said, if everyone in the UK recycles all the toothpaste boxes... Then it will save enough energy to power two thousand fridges. But there's sixty six million people in the UK, so you're telling me that sixty six million people, if they recycle all that, that's all it saves is enough for. So that's I've worked it out. It was thirty three thousand people per fridge, uh, <laughs> which is a small market town. My where I grew up it was like thirty thousand in a town. So if everyone in a town recycles every little bit of cardboard from their from their Uh, bathroom you can Mm. power a
5: fridge Uh,
3: you know that shows it's pointless
5: to be fair though ryan needs somewhere to put his milk
3: (laughs) it's silly little things like you know if you get a new a new uh, uh toothpaste and it comes in a cardboard box instead of just taking that cardboard box and chucking it in the bin in your in your bathroom if you actually take it and make sure that it gets recycled if everybody in the uk did that it would save enough energy in a year to to power two thousand fridges for a year. I I actually looked at some of this because I I get really fed up of
1: this hectoring that you get. You're being told off in in segments like this, and you're yeah. told that you, you know you don't do enough. I'm a, a proper recycler. I recycle everything. You know, I grew up in a, a hippie household where recycling was always a massive part of the agenda, and yeah. I hate being told off.
3: Yeah, that that's the thing. It's it's the small individual like changes in behaviour that. When you think to yourself, oh, what what difference is this going to make? Well, actually, when, it, when you add it up collectively, it makes a huge difference. It's...
1: And I had a look at the figures. Ordinary people are not the problem when it comes no. to green issues. So electricity plants, they create 27% of all of the uh, problem emissions in the UK that's followed by transports cars with 25 percent. so at a stroke that's over 50 percent of stuff is nothing to do with whether yep. or not you're taking cotton buds snipping no, the ends off and putting them into your green amount. bag you're right you, you get told off airline operators are the third biggest generators heavy industry mm. making iron and steel and then you know power generators Concrete, yeah this needs to be reframed and not just constantly say you you stupid idiots you're the reason that this is all bad
3: because actually as a nation we're really good about nine out of ten people do recycle um and but it's about stepping up a little bit trying to get that tenth person to recycle but also out of the people that do recycle about 55 percent of us forget to do usually the things that aren't inside our kitchen they're not readily right there and chucked in your recycling bin
1: it's I, i buy very little raw steel Right, I, <laughs> I, I, I I don't go on holiday, you know. I don't have a car, I, I you know, I, and I just hate everyone just saying this is your fault, you know. Yeah, while exactly. someone on Mustique is just going, please dig up another fifty tons of coal so that we you know we do need energy. It's a complex thing, and boiling it's it so down to having JJ Chalmers tell you off because occasionally you put soiled tissues in your bathroom bin instead of <laughs> ironing them. Yeah, you know. It was oh.
4: like um, the, the late, great Sean Locks. My favourite joke of his was about how when you recycle, people tell you off for recycling. And he, uh, he said he was washing out his yoghurt pot. And then he went to America and just sees, like, the excess. He went to a sports event where there's, like, jets and fireworks. Mm. And things. and then he thinks, oh, what's the point? He said it feels like he turned up to, a, you know, an earthquake with a dust pad and brush. you like, okay, <laughs> okay well, I'll just start over here, shall I? Like, the futility of it. And I think that's the same thing. Like you said, exactly. Even, the whole point of that, he was even saying, we actually recycle most of our packaging in this country. We're really good. But there's just a couple little bits we can improve on. Mm.
5: It's like, no. Guys, guys, you know, just to just as a final thought, and this is for everybody, you know, we can all do our bit to save electricity by switching off the one. Yes.
4: <laughs> Let's work out how many fridges that'll power, shall we? <laughs>
5: And that brings us kicking, if not screaming, to the end of this week's podcast. They say all good things come to an end, don't they? Which probably explains why the one show never does. Please do widely share this podcast, though, if only to warn others of the televisual danger that lurks on BBC One at 7pm every weeknight. And also, because we'd like more listeners as we do this for fuck all, and it'll be the simple knowledge that people are enjoying it that will help Mark and I pay our forthcoming horrific gas bills. But while you're remembering to do that, also remember this and remember... Remember it well, when you look at the television to look at The One Show, The One Show also looks back into you. Goodbye.
1: than that, friends with friends, and we're on Twitter at friendswf.